Whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Okay, I hit record. And did you hear the, the electronic voice? Yeah, she's like recording in process. And then it asked if I consented to being recorded. What the hell? When did you decide to do this, Zoom? That's never happened Sometime before. in the last week. Fucking weird. Whatever. As long as it records and I have an audio version of it, I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, who wants to do the intro, Donna? I think we just did. <laughs> Fair. Um, no, not Welcome even to Donna and Jacqueline Take Adulting, a podcast where we mainly talk about how surprised we are that we survived into adulthood. Also, sometimes we discuss Zoom updates. I'm Donna. And I'm Jacqueline. Uh, how are you, Donna? I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, it's Sunday. It's sunny out. I am in my tomb-like dark bedroom, so, you know, <laughs> living my best life. As you do. <laughs> oh, my God. So I promise at some point on this fucking podcast, I won't have stories about my cat. But we're not there yet. Because my nightmare continues. I need to I need to tell you how this week went, Donna. I know that you already know parts of it, but I'm gonna tell you again so that everyone listening can know too. Um this fucking week. The cat, as you know, had surgery and he had two mast cell tumors removed from the tops of two paws. And uh he's just been a little shit about it. He won't close his eyes when the cone is on him. And he won't close his eyes if he's on painkillers. So it's like a double whammy. And he last week was picking at his stitches so much that we took him in. Like he picked out two stitches. And I was like, well, this is fucking going great. And like we're at the point where she didn't want them in bandages. The vet didn't want them in bandages. She wanted us to get little. Last week I got my little booties, my infant socks. He keeps kicking those off. So I picked out a stitch or two and I took him in and he spent the entire day there because they were busy. So they were like, we'll just like, we'll feed him and shit. We'll just get to him when, when we have the chance. So he spent the day there just hanging out at the vets. And then I get a call. She's like, they look a lot better than you think they look. I'm like, great, but it's a nightmare. So she takes them out and I'm like, okay. We're, we're in the clear. He can start loving me again because he's been mad at me. We're in the fucking clear. The next morning, <laughs> it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I look at one, his back paw and there is a gaping wound, like a gaping wound. I go, I start to disassociate. And my husband is like, I don't, oh my God, oh my God. Because the way that it looks, it's, I thought, that we were looking at maybe like some fatty deposits in his paw, but <laughs> Paul thought it was the bone. Um, <clears throat> so we, I call, I take these pictures and I phone the vet and I'm like, Hey, so I just sent you some pictures. <laughs> Andrew's wound. We took out the stitches too fast. And so I get put on hold and then the vet assistant comes back on and she's like, Hey, so, um, you can just bring him in whenever you can, whenever, whenever today. Um, and I was like, you don't want to, you don't want us to make an appointment. She's like, no, just come down when you can and we'll accommodate you, which is code for get your fucking ass to the vet right now. Holy shit. And so we take him and it's, of course, we're in a pandemic and it's, 
so it's curbside only. So we have to stay in the car and the vet calls us um, when she's examining him. So I get the call from the vet and her first sentence to me was, have you ever seen a cat's tendon before? And I was like, no, Julie, not until today. <laughs> he got, he got re-stitched. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's, it, it did. The tendon broke my husband. He was like, I was not prepared to look at the inside of our cat's body and I don't know what to do with it. So <laughs> he's that paw is stitched up and we were instructed to um, bandage up the other paw because if he continued to work that paw the way he worked the back paw, we'd have a double tendon situation. <laughs> Why is he like this? I don't know. I don't know. So he's so mad. We're still doing the bandages. He's got an appointment next Saturday to get them removed. And hopefully it's not too early this time. Um, <laughs> and he's on painkiller again. So he's he's not as angry with me because he's drugged up. So he'll purr. Whereas like last Monday, he was like, we were friends off. And that's never happened before. Because like, he's a chronically ill cat. I've had to do a lot of shit to him. He's never... He's never hated me for the shit I've done to him. This week he did. And I went for a walk and sat on a bench at a dog park looking at on a hill, looking at the skyline. And I just softly wept in the park because I was so stressed. So it's that that's how it's going. Are you at least sleeping in your own bed? Um, Kind of. We're. We are, um, last night was weird because the motherfucker left to his own devices, picks enough at his bandage that it's gone. Like he gets it off. He gets the front paw off. He can't get the back paw off these days, which thank God, because that's where the stitches are. Um, but he gets the front one off and then he starts working the scab. And so we went, we took the dog for an hour walk yesterday. And when we got home, he's sitting there working his fucking paw because he got the bandage off so we have to check his bandages pretty much every hour so we've done it in shifts last night I was on from like midnight to three and then Paul was on like four to eight <laughs> Paul ended up sleeping on the floor with him which is like a thing that I normally do but like I have been so wrecked that Paul was like yeah all right I'm gonna I'm good I'm gonna put in the same level of devotion so I really appreciated that my husband you know also slept on the floor with a fucking cat so yeah we're taking shifts getting up every hour and checking to see and but that yeah at like five five this morning we had to change his bandage again because he got it off like he sits there and he pulls at it like he'll lick it, lick it, lick it, and then starts to pull because he finds the weak spots. He's just a tenacious little son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I never know what to say about that cat. Like, my God. Mm -hmm. It's never a dull moment. Oh my God. It's I don't like I said earlier, I don't I don't need children. I have this chronically ill cat. He is more than a child could ever ever. <laughs> And I, I feel like by this point, with all of the medical things that have been wrong with him, we most certainly have spent a college education on this cat. So 
thumbs up. But you love him. It's true. Oh my god. Uh. So yeah, that's how that's how my week is going. Oh, I did. We did book our vaccines too, so that's exciting. Yay! Yeah, that's that was part of my meltdown on Monday as we were in the queue for booking, and then Paul was on a work call and missed our five minute window when our time came up, and so we had to. We then got back in the queue, and we were back behind 80,000 people again. <laughs> so I was like, no, I'm done. The cat hates me. We'll never get vaccinated. So I just walked to the park and cried. <laughs> well, you're booked in. We're now at, uh, as of yesterday, 39% of the population who can be vaccinated in Alberta has received their first jab. That's wild. So- That's awesome. Yeah, and it sounds like they're just really going to be shooting everyone through for these next few weeks. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Patio, maybe at some point in several months. That'd be all right. I like patios. It's we finally are getting sort of the weather for it. Yeah, yesterday it was 26 degrees, which is mm-hmm. uh, I can't convert that to Fahrenheit because I'm civilized. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, though. It's we can we can confirm. It's nice. It's nice. It's actually summer type weather here. It's twenty six yeah, degrees I, Celsius. For the first time in six or seven months, I put on actual shorts with a zipper instead of just wearing sweatpants and leggings. Amazing! Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that. Yeah, no, it's been really nice. I'd like to haul my egg swing out to the balcony, but like we're so we're so wrecked in this house that we can do very little else other than look at the cat and his bandages. <laughs> so one day I'll get to sit outside maybe on an egg swing. We went to the park just down the street from us yesterday and uh, it was the busiest I've ever seen that park. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, it wasn't nearly as busy as anywhere else. Um, Crystal is in mission and she's like, yeah, like there's already some bathers out on the river. Oh, wow. The dog parks already crazy. But uh, yesterday, yeah, there was just people everywhere. I did see like, I don't think anyone's abiding by the guidance that you're not supposed to gather in groups of more than five. Mm, of course not. Why would, why but, would people listen to that? Well, it's also like you're outside. And yep. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, especially being in the downtown, like I, people are getting vaxxed here. People, there, there's not a lot of vaccine resistance in this neighborhood. Oh, yeah. No, in our in our densely populated younger urban centers with with, you know, millennials living. Yeah, no, the millennials are the demographic that is interested in the most in vaccines, I feel. Yeah. And there was like. Hel- the, the police helicopter was just doing circles over downtown yesterday right okay but like at night did, were you awake I was obviously awake at night there was last night between 110 to 140 the it, it was crazy like the, there I kept hearing sirens in the distance I assume kind of more in the beltline area because we're up the hill where we are but the helicopter was circling my neighborhood so much that like the loudness was waking up the dog and like shaking 
shaking our townhouse. It was like that that. fucking close. I guess we are slightly in different areas. Yeah. We we don't live right next door to each other anymore. We used to. (laughs) (laughs) It's no, I'm now. It's like, it's like a, depending on the lights, it's probably two to three minutes door to door. Driving. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a 15 minute bike ride and a 20 minute walk. Yep. And yep. like the great thing also about going to your place is that it's all uphill to get to your place. And so That's then true. when I'm getting home, I can basically roll home. <laughs> Wee. Okay. So this is another thing I wanted to talk to you about today, Donna. <laughs> Densely populated communities and fire pits. So I know that you don't have this problem where you are. Because you're more apartment buildings. But where I am is like, there's some houses, there's some like smaller, like four unit apartment buildings. Then I've got a townhouse. Like we're we're a mixed bag where I am. I don't want to say the community's name. Do you notice? <laughs> I'm just like very pointedly yeah. not saying where <laughs> I live. Um, anyway, we're on a hill. We are still urban center, but we're not like the Beltline core urban center. Um But people here have tiny ass backyards, but we're still so close. But people are having fires. And what this means is I can't have the windows open in my home because smoke comes in and it's so fucking hot. Like yesterday was 26 degrees. We had this problem all summer last year and it's starting again. And I'm going to pull my hair out because I cannot understand why there is no bylaw about when you are x amount away from your neighbor why this fucking why you're not allowed to have a fire pit and the guys across the street from us there's an apartment building and they have there's one unit with this really it's a bigger balcony it's not as big as your balcony because you've got like the whole you've got like a fucking terrace on your unit (laughs) but they have a smaller than that but bigger balcony than the rest of the the units they have oh, I know little... the unit you mean. It's got like the yeah. brickwork. Yes. They've got that little oven. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a chimenea, I think. Yes. Because yeah. I was about to complain about our neighbor who has one. Fuck. Okay. All right. I'm so you are experiencing this problem. Um he is running that fucker all the time. I can't have my kitchen window open because it blows in from across the street. And like, he's just, he's also a fucking turd because last night he didn't run the fire, but he was, I think he got a complaint from the neighbors because he just stayed up till three in the morning by himself and like blasted music. I'm glad our bedroom is on the other side. So I don't have to deal with him all the time, but like, I think he was mad because he got told you can't have fire. Um, But yeah. Like the people behind us constantly having fires. Even somebody in our townhouse unit had a fucking fire last night. Like, how can you not think about how close you are to your neighbors? I just don't get it. I feel like a Karen because I'm so mad about this. But like, I can't breathe in my house. I concur with you. And I'm also kind of like, my ancestors did not come to this country. My great grandfather did not climb over the Frank slide to get to his land claim that I could still be lighting the fire like a caveman in the year 2021. 
I am not a fan of open flame in cities at all. I don't think you should have fire pits. I think that people are not responsible enough to have these. <laughs> and it is like, if you want to go burn down your acreage, go like rock out with your bad self. Still don't burn down your acreage. Like, <laughs> Maybe don't do that. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I do not think that we should have fire pits in dense urban areas. And I especially don't think that you should have them in your backyard because like, I guarantee you most people having fire pits in the city right now are not sober when they're doing it. No, they're not. Like the kids behind us, they're like early 20s. They are out there with the alcohol, but like this is their alternative because all the clubs are closed. And so they're fucking having fucking fire. And it's really, this is your alternative. Like, Instead of going to the club and dancing, you have to immediately go to just like fire worship. There is a happy medium between the two of those. What is what is the happy medium, Donna? Uh, probably sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> They're not doing that. They're outside. They're having people that are not from their same household over and they're burning shit. So like, I wouldn't care if they had a gas fire. Like if it was one of those like motherfucking things that is you have a propane tank set up to it, but those are expensive. Like I had a boss who worked in the arts. Why do I have to add that in? I had a boss who had this beautiful um, apartment condo that was like two, two stories and he had this incredible balcony and out on there, he had this beautiful gas fire. And like he'd we'd come over for like cocktails at his house and he'd run this lovely little gas fire. And it was just it was nice. And it wasn't you weren't inhaling smoke and dying and you weren't pissing off the people above you because there's no fucking smoke and it's not an air quality issue. So like I realize these children cannot afford a gas fire pit. (laughs) And you're like, that's still not safe. They're they're not that expensive. Like there's something that every once in a while I look at for our patio. But the problem, like Jacqueline mentioned, like we have a huge terrace patio, but it's basically a wind tunnel. So you can't really leave stuff out there. So everything always comes back with us to the the sheltered area when we're not out there. Because my biggest fear is like the wind taking my table and whipping it down the alley and killing somebody. And it could happen that, yeah, as someone who lived on like the same alley, (laughs) but just, just a block over. Yeah. That fucking place is a wind tunnel. We had shit knocked down on our balcony all the time. And in fact, our barbecue, when we lived in that alley, knocked over and smashed all of the dials. So yeah, yeah. like it, 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 it's very, it, it, it's very, very windy. So I always, and also like, even though we have the patio, I think it's actually technically common area. It's just there's no mm. amenities, so no one's ever going to use it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel uncomfortable just leaving my stuff out there. I like to always make sure that we're contained. And if someone from the building does need to go use it, then they can. But yeah, no, nobody's going to. Like, nobody wants to come sit on our patio and stare into our window and be like, hi. Well, and I like... Chair. <laughs> They and every all the other units have like smaller patios themselves, so it's not like they don't have an outdoor space, yeah. So they're not coming down to the common area to just hang out with you unless they're your friends, but 
Yeah. And nobody's doing that right now. Right? <laughs> That's not how that works. We're in a pandemic, bitch. So I did see the federal government release their guidance. It was basically like until 70% of everybody has their two shots, we are basically in uh, the same general area. Like maybe I think around 50% of people are getting both their shots. We can start opening restaurants and things. Right. It, it's very weird to see it here because I, watching the States, I thought they were just way, way further ahead than us. And it does look like a lot of people are getting their second shots a lot faster. Yeah. But now um, it looks like we're overtaking in terms of vaccination rates. Or Really? Yeah. Oh, that actually shocks me because, I mean, everything in the States is starting to move again, like yeah. pretty like I, substantially. Yeah. Like I see people traveling and mm-hmm. no issues or. And Biden has said, if you've got both both shots, you no longer need to wear a mask in public. I think that I'm going to keep doing it. Especially because I take the bus, like when I do go to the office, I take the bus Mm -hmm. and uh, I always have treated the bus like I'm in a pandemic. So I don't see why (laughs) I would change my behavior any further. (laughs) So I kind of like the idea of normalizing masks because in Japan, there is a culture of like, if you're sick, you're wearing a mask. And I mean, Japan, there is. There's a lot of like push to ensure that you are putting in your hours and it's not an eight hour day. It's much longer than that. Like the the business culture in Japan is like you keep you keep things running no matter what. So when folks are sick, they're on transit. They are going to work wearing a mask like that has always been a part of the culture in Japan. When we were in Tokyo, I remember like being on the train being a little bit worried that I was going to catch something. But then it was like, hey, actually, folks are fucking wearing masks. I might not get sick on this vacation. My husband did, actually, but I didn't. That's all that matters. (laughs) Exactly. Get fucked, Paul. But anyway, I think that like it is there's there's an element of like respect that comes with it as well. It's like I don't want to make this person who's breathing the same air as me on this bus sick with what I have. So I wear a mask, even if it's a common cold. Like I, I like it. I hope that we normalize masks. So this reminded me, I had a good week at work. I, I'm just doing some project stuff and I, and I really like project work because you just kind of like bang it out. You send it out for comment and you get it back and, and it's like a fun iterative process, but Mm -hmm. uh, not my boss, but my boss's boss, the director of my division, sent me a meeting invite on, on Wednesday for Friday afternoon, and it just said conversation. What? Yeah. Like, okay, uh, wait, that's like a threat. I know. So I emailed him, and I was like, hey, uh, like, what do I need to prepare for this meeting? And he's like, oh, nothing. It's just like an open, honest conversation. And I'm like, holy shit, about what? Like, my severance? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, right, though? So I'm like building it up in my mind the, the entire rest of the week. And I'm just like really cognizant to make sure I'm knocking everything out of the park and being like, look how valuable I am. Only I can submit these applications. <laughs> and then we have the call and he's literally like, so how you doing? Oh my God. So it's just basically like a coffee check-in. Yeah. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And then we keep chatting, but I was like, you know, I kind of do miss those days like I haven't been sick at all this year because I've been work from home and uh 
and we're social distancing. And like, I just, I don't have the opportunity to interact with anybody else and acquire their germs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just like, I kind of miss those days when you get a common cold and you need a mental health day. And then suddenly you like, you have a reason to take a Oh, Donna, it breaks my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much broken with the culture that like, because yeah no I I get it I get what you were saying I have been there it's like this is now now I have a quote-unquote legitimate excuse because I have a cold like fuck fuck this is it's so upsetting like we should be able to take mental health days well and, and to be fair like my my company does offer we get like a one once a year like a mental health day no questions asked if you just wake up and you're like I'm not like today's my mental health day. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But do you do it? I don't think that I used mine last year, but I got a couple of like free flex days last year because they, they were just like, okay, guys, like just take the extra day before the long weekend or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, like, I feel like there's a lot of like, posturing that happens with companies where they're like yes we offer mental health days but the culture is still so ingrained in us that like you're never going to actually pull the trigger on that mental health day because you don't you basically like self-gaslight and you're like do I really deserve this am I allowed to take this is this okay for me to do Mm, maybe I'll just work you know I I find so I mean I'm sure people can track me down on LinkedIn so I don't really have to hide where I work but um <laughs> okay like my my company uh does have a strong union side like I'm not in the union because I'm in the office and I'm not like I I don't even work for like the major part of my company for what they do I work in like a weird offshoot side mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so having that union focus and having that kind of it, it's a family-owned company like big union there is a bigger culture of like take your time take your vacation they don't like it when you roll vacation over because I had to roll vacation over from last year just simply because I was too busy at the end of the year to actually take it. And they're like, okay, but as soon as you're done this project, like you need to take this vacation so that you don't like die. Hmm. That's that's good. That's good. I mean, that's a lot better than most companies, honestly. Yeah. I still, I do worry about just how like, we treat ourselves mentally about mental health days and like unless it's just like it's that thing where if you don't have physical proof can you really say it's happening which is just is bullshit um but uh the comparison I want to make is very dark and I'm going to make it just so that I because it's what's coming up for me again there will be times where I talk about childhood trauma and I am sorry, friends. Um, it's the same as like if it was psychological abuse, um, but it's not physical. Like we 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 play down psychological abuse. And I've had uh, I've had the thought sometimes if they would have just hit me, this wouldn't be such a mind fuck. Editing Jacqueline here, I wanted to interject and clarify. My intention by bringing up this point is not to downplay the severity and very real trauma of physical abuse. None 
of it is okay, physical or mental. This isn't a comparison thing to say which abuse is worse. It's not like that. Abuse of any kind is harmful. I am offering this statement because I, as I have worked through my own trauma, this is a thought that I have had. And the reason I've had it is because the manipulation and gaslighting can be so subtle at times that you doubt your experience and begin to question if the treatment you endured was actually cruel and traumatic. I had no physical evidence of the treatment, so did it really happen? That's all. Please don't take this as me saying physical abuse is better in any way because it is not. Thank you. Back to the episode. So I feel like we do that on to ourselves on like a much, much less less insane scale and less dark scale. It's like we did I don't I'm not showing symptoms. I'm not like obviously like my lungs aren't filling up with mucus. I'm not dying here. I can't take this time for myself because it's mental instead of a physical ailment. You know? Yeah. So it's like I'm not bruised. My parents didn't fuck me up. Uh Wow, Jacqueline, Jesus. Again, I'm so sorry, but this is a thing that's going to come up. I I was going to just um, point out, in Canada at least, I, I believe a quarter of, oh no, like a half of all leave taken is due to mental illness and really? due to stress. Yeah, it, it's, we, we, we do this training. We, um, like we have to do this training at my company called not myself today and it's actually not a bad system because then you you talk about like where you are when you're in the green spectrum you're everything's going well you can slide into yellow orange or red and it, and it is an interesting thing that they, they they are trying to give us these tools to talk about our mental health mm-hmm. and it's not just it's not just like where i work now when i worked at my previous company we also did another one um that was called are you okay but that was also due to like a mental health crisis that just spread through the company like we had several colleagues um take complete suicide during that time and so they're they're, they were just like okay um we need to do this and they did it like god bless a bunch of engineers and phds that they their solution was to have an ice cream social. And they're like, if you bring a colleague with you and you discuss mental health, you can have ice cream. Oh my God. What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, points for trying, I guess. And like, I will absolutely take ice cream anytime. If you're like, Hey, do you want ice cream? Jacqueline? I'm the answer is yes. Before I even hear the rest of the statement. So Yes. (laughs) I will have ice cream and talk about mental health. Those are two things that I love, actually. <laughs> and I think this happened right during the, the course of one of those hell projects. And uh, I, just, I, I, I think I grabbed Blake and I was like, Blake, do you want to talk about mental health? And he's like, I don't think you can handle that. And I was like, you are correct, but we just talked about it. Let's go get ice cream. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> does the system work? <laughs> Uh, I mean, wow. <laughs> what kind of ice cream was it? Uh, it was like marble slab creamery. And then you could do like an ice cream bar and throw on whipped cream and M&Ms and whatever. Jesus, they went all out, hey? Mental <laughs> health is very important. <laughs> this is our mental health budget. We spent it on an ice cream bar. 
<laughs> to be fair, when I worked at that company, like they loved events. They uh, <laughs> I do remember the that. Yeah, mm-hmm. prior to the downturn, we never used to do a Christmas party because Christmas also in environmental consulting is usually your busiest time if you're doing any major projects because your clients always want to submit before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So instead in May, which was typically kind of our downtime before the this field season started, we would have a costume party and uh, like go all out. Um, like we did a Comic-Con theme. We did like, 90s villain themes and you would (laughs) and you'd see people like you'd see the vice president of prairies and north he dressed up as chan one year another year his name is the joker and he he gets super into it nice (laughs) (laughs) now okay and this company also had that competition where like everyone was encouraged to form bands and then they'd have they'd like have battle of the bands Right. Yeah. So we used, yeah, we had these things called WAM, which was weekly attitude adjustment meeting. And it was just four 30 on Fridays. They'd take all the food out of the cafeteria and replace it with beer. They didn't do this every Friday. It was like every six weeks. And, uh, you'd just go downstairs and have a couple of drinks with your colleagues or going home. And then they'd had this other event that we called WAM stock where people would form bands in like November you'd practice until March. And then in March, we'd rent out a venue and just have a big concert with all of our colleagues. And it was really interesting because like there was a woman who worked, I think she was in like the Hydrogeo or one of those subsurface groups, super brilliant woman, also incredibly talented. She was in like a metal band in the eighties. Ah, ah, I love it so much. (laughs) Like, holy shit. I was always in awe that this happened at your company. And I've, I've attended a couple Wham stocks and just, cause I love me some good old fashioned, let's make a band. And so I, I, yeah, I just, I want to see people come out and jam together and play different songs and like takes on different covers of songs. I don't know. It just warms my fucking heart when shit like this happens so i just i appreciate so much that this was like a part of your company culture there because like what the fuck i I kind of love it because it it was a company like uh it was an environmental consulting firm so a lot of your colleagues are very highly educated like phds master's levels they you're working with people who have built incredible things and it, because they have that drive, then you find out they're also like, oh, and I'm a master accordion player. Oh, I've got a hurdy gurdy. Like, <laughs> oh, my parents really wanted me to succeed. So I'm also a, like a very accomplished violin player. Ah, I love that shit so much. <laughs> and it's like, because like, these are very creative minds that are in that field as well. Right. And so like creative people are also doing creative shit on the side. Yeah. Yeah, it was a unique place to work and uh more when i think back to it i'm just like man i'm lucky that i got to have that experience absolutely that is definitely a very different type of culture than you normally see like that like honestly who the fuck encourages their employees to form bands and then like holds holds a battle of the bands concert team building for an afternoon where everybody gets hammered and just plays music like and it was a big deal like there was I think that we haven't really sold the event here it there was 
like we're talking rented a real venue like a concert venue a bar concert venue that's like there was lighting there was lighting the sound equipment was that of like a professional concert because the yeah the venue that I'm thinking of like metric has played there like it is not it was not a small potatoes venue to begin with yeah like we we can say it it was flame central which is um in many things that are in calgary in comparison to vancouver it's just the shitty version of and it's the shitty commodore ballroom yeah it is it is the shitty commodore ballroom yes (laughs) i always think every time i'm there i think about the commodore ballroom and the time i saw regina specter there but couldn't see her because people were crowded in front of the stage and i didn't want to stand up (laughs) but yes yeah so like not a small potatoes venue at all oh i deeply appreciated that i didn't i didn't I don't want to work in environmental consulting, but they're just for Wham stock. I kind of wanted to work for that company. <laughs> you either are a sick person who wants to work in environmental consulting or not. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm a permitting expert, really. Like when in terms of what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a groundwater problem? Talk to Donna. Do you have a like a vegetation management problem talk to donna do you (laughs) is there a rare bird on site talk to donna (laughs) nice (laughs) oh man it's not rare birds on site it's usually just like geese i'm sure rare birds would be much more exciting i mean like the geese are everywhere like no no shade to the geese they'll fuck you up but uh yeah that's why it's always upsetting when there's geese on site because it's just like hey guys there's geese on site we're afraid yeah no geese will fuck you up like they are vicious motherfuckers yeah i used to again this is 10 years ago now i worked at a company downtown um along the train line in calgary there's this one spot on like fifth avenue that's just a green space that it's not big enough for them to develop into anything so they've just thrown a couple picnic tables up there and there was this huge goose like i worked kitty corner to that green area there was this huge goose that I watched for an entire summer. It probably came up to my hips and I'm a tall woman. Uh-huh. And it would just chase people like people <laughs> you'd, you'd watch different sweet summer children just trot into that green space with their lunches and try to sit down. And that goose would be like, nope, not today, Satan. And it would chase them out. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're such motherfuckers, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I wouldn't want to have to deal with the geese (laughs) in your environmental assessment project. There is a guy, there's a, a, I want to know his backstory because if you do wind up in a situation where you have to remove a goose nest, you can't do it yourself. Like you can't remove bird nests in Canada. It's illegal. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need to get somebody who has a special permit to do it. And there is a man whose entire job is removing geese nests. And I'm like, what happened in your childhood? (laughs) Is it just one guy or is it a company? Uh, just one guy because he works for the government. Like he works for Fish and Wildlife. Oh my God. So he's like the literal geese removal man. Like, yeah. Better call Tom. Gotta remove that goose. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. No. Like what? How do you, is that all he does? Do you think that the, the role that he has, there's other things? Cause how often do you have to remove a goose nest? Uh, Typically, you would only have to do it during the nesting period, which is between April and August. So surely Tom has other 
responsibilities in his job? Like, did he just? Well, it depends. Like, because there's, you'd be surprised how often you have to relocate nests. Because if you also do like Osprey, Osprey love nesting on power lines. So usually, oh, when shit. you're driving down the highway and you see those random platforms that are built right next to the power line that's a relocated osprey nest because they will use those year after year oh interesting i don't know shit about birds so i appreciate that you do (laughs) (laughs) so like this one guy is also relocating those nests like does he maybe it's just one guy like does he that I've heard of because this is over, you know, a couple different projects for a couple different clients in, you know, several years ago. And oh. it was always the same guy, but it was also in the same area. So there's probably like a regional specialist. Because, yeah, I was like, area. I'm imagining. So this man like would have to travel all across Alberta. But like if this is the only responsibility that your job has, yes, it does include travel. <laughs> but I, I don't I'd know. imagine. I'd imagine it's kind of like any any Alberta environment employee that deals with wildlife. Like I'm sure if you're the the person dealing with cougars and bears in Canmore, you're probably also the migratory bird person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can buy that. The moment you said cougars and bears, I was like gonna be like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, huh. All right, I can get behind that. So our website, by the time that people hear this episode, the website will be live. I was hoping to have it launched today, but cat drams. Um, so I, w- I will probably launch it on like Tuesday this week. But I would like to say that DonnaJacklinePodcast.com is about to go live, friends. And by the time you hear this, it will be live. Um, <clears throat> but we're gonna I that's where you can find show notes so anything that we talk about in the episodes I will have backlinks to like the the like important news articles specifically that one time we talked about lipstick on a cat's butt that will be you can find that article on our website (laughs) if you really want to read about that experiment so anything like that I will have you be able like show notes to really go in depth about some of the shit that we talk about in case you are interested in that because that's what show notes do so there's my little pitch for donnajacklinpodcast.com finger guns and then a bio for us both that I made Donna write her bio because I was like I don't know what do you the fuck do you want said about yourself I'm glad you didn't write my bio because <laughs> I feel like you know too much <laughs> well and like I want you to be able to control you know what gets said about you on the internet oh (laughs) i have no control over that (laughs) touche touche but in this context i would like you to be able to curate you know your podcast persona so to speak your internet the donna that the internet is aware of the donna internet persona i don't know i mean i say that is the donna persona i say that as if i have a persona and i really don't it's I am just me constantly on the internet um though I once got accused by this really angry what's in my bath follower she followed me and I told her maybe she shouldn't (laughs) but she was like I figured out that it's an act that you swear 
like you just feel like you have to swear and put in fuck five times in a video and I was like I really don't this is just how I talk and I think that like from listening to the podcast now you might be aware that this is just how I talk it's just it I don't know I've sworn like a sailor for all of my adult life almost because I think language is deeply absurd but anyway she got so mad at me was like I like watching the bath bombs but the swearing is super excessive and I'm still gonna follow you though and I was like okay it's not a persona though I can't I'm not gonna I can't convince you of this but like it me it me (laughs) I feel that I don't have an internet persona but that's a bit of a lie because my hypnosis and intuitive counsel stuff is a little bit less me and I always trying to like fucking bridge the gap of that so when I when I left my arts job to pursue what I am currently doing it was a period of time where I couldn't even take clients because I was just like so up in my head about what the fuck it is to be a practitioner and like I'd look at the aesthetics of the Instagram profiles of folks online who are doing similar work and there's just like a way that you're supposed to show up or at least is like the paradigm of you need to be a certain way to be taken seriously in this space and me being loud and like swearing all the time I just I struggle with like how do I bridge the gap between like the idea of what I do and like who I am and so I always feel like Jacqueline Barker CA which is my uh, hypnosis Instagram I always feel like that's not quite an accurate representation of me and I hate it I hate that aspect. I hate that it's not fully there. And I'm trying to be palatable in a certain way. And I just don't know how to bridge this gap. I am due to you having this interest. I also have wound up looking at social media for intuitive counseling and similar types (laughs) of modalities. Mm -hmm. And I would say the aesthetic is kind of like grayish, like (laughs) Joanna Gaines, but make it boring. I don't know. Joanna Gaines. What? I don't know uh, that reference. Damn it, because that that was I was spitting fire there. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, means is kind of like that home garden TV, like everything, paint everything a shade of beige, and uh, throw some <laughs> throw pillows on there, put a live laugh love on the wall, that type of aesthetic. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I I agree. You were spitting fire there. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Like it's just there's a certain way that is the culture of folks who do Reiki or intuitive counseling, hypnosis, something similar to what I do. There's just this like, I don't want to use the word posturing because I think sometimes it's authentic, but for me it isn't. And I just want to get away with it, like get away from it altogether because it just, it isn't me and I hate it. But at the same time, to do this work, the people who are interested in the more esoteric aspects, this is apparently the way to market to them because other people do it. My internet marketer friend disagrees, but I, I honestly think like grayish is just an aesthetic right now anyway. It doesn't matter where you are within the, the kind of social media sphere because you definitely see it more on the like the mummy blogger side as well. Just lots and lots of really gray photos of their children. And I'm like, children are 
not like children are not naturally colorful children are naturally the color of their their body and it's typically one color um, <laughs> but kids like there's something about a laughing photo of a kid in color that seems so much less grim than a laughing photo of a child in black and white like a laughing photo of a child in black and white is probably haunted <laughs> okay so the mommy blogs are posting black and white photos of children laughing is what you're saying well it's like this weird sepia beige filter yes. that everyone's using yes but it's not I know totally the sepia it's just yes. it, it, it washes everything out and makes it yeah so it's like yeah, it everything kind of has the sepia tint to it. Yeah, and everything looks like a photo that you would find in like tucked away in a house that you just bought in the woods and then you die in seven days. <laughs> oh fuck. And like <laughs> Oh, why is that everywhere? Um I was thinking about this actually, how like even when I was a practicing witch, I wasn't necessarily like the typical witch, if that makes sense. I was a pretty lazy witch. Donna, you can attest to this. <laughs> yeah. Of, but like, I, um, I follow the witches versus patriarchy subreddit, which, mm -hmm. you know, it definitely, in terms of places you can go on Reddit, one of the better subreddits. <laughs> and it is interesting to see how everybody interprets and does their practicing because I, I would say there's probably not much of a, a typical witch and true there's an aesthetic witch most certainly yeah but I was thinking about this this morning actually so I have an enormous herb collection like the dried herbs they're just sitting away in my basement have been there for over a decade because I inherited this herb collection when Another witch left town and couldn't bring all her shit with her. And she was like, here, Jacqueline, take these. And I, at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I now have the herb collection. I can do all of this spell and ritual work with these herbs. Um, I never did. <laughs> I think I used up all the rue. Um, but, like, I just, I, I'd make some incense blends to just put over some charcoal in a um, little cauldron. But like we wouldn't hold circle every fucking Sabbath, which is the holidays. I realize I'm speaking in which now. Um, Sabbaths are the um, major calendar um, wheel of the year holidays that sort of uh, celebrate each season. And so like the, the the you've got one for fall, you've got one for spring. You you like May first. That's Beltane. That's to herald in the coming of nice weather and you know, fertility. Anyway, I hard, I just did circle on like Beltane, Samhain, which is Halloween, and then Yule, which is Christmas. Um, those were basically the three times a year I'd do shit. But like, I, I had these herbs and I was so sure that I'd use them, but they're just taking up space in my business, my business, my basement. <laughs> And so if you are a Calgary-based witch, you want some herbs, hit me up. Because uh, I'd love for somebody who actually is going to use them to use them. But it's just, it wasn't my brand of witchcraft. And I realized that I was trying really, really hard to encompass all the things. And for, for me, what has always been like the powerful thing is just 
intuition. I don't want to use tools. I want to just like use intention and just focused, energetic shit. And that's where I'm a fucking Viking. And that's why ritual and use of tools, I think, never really worked for me. Did, did you just say that you were a fucking Viking? Yeah, I did. Okay. Have you never heard that phrase before? I have not. Oh my god, Paul and I say that to each other a lot. <laughs> it's just, it means that, like, this is where I excel. Okay. <laughs> Paul just laughed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it comes from somewhere. It's I don't even remember where the quote is from, but, like, it could have even been The Simpsons. Um, yeah, where did the Viking come? Yeah, it's a Simpsons quote. Okay. What was what was the quote exactly, Paul? Of course, he doesn't remember. But it's it could even be Ralph. Either Ralph or it's Homer about drinking. Okay. Oh, it could be Homer about drinking, and it's like, oh, I can do that. That's where I'm a Viking, or it's Ralph something stupid, and it's like, that's where I'm a Viking. It's a Simpsons thing. Okay. <laughs> your dumbfounded look on your face. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so Paul and I say that to each other a lot. So, uh, but yeah, just not using things like crystals and herbs. That's where I'm a Viking. I just go very, very intuitively. And that I don't say this to knock folks who really resonate with herbs and crystals. Like, I think however your practice shows up is beautiful. And I don't want to sound elitist at all that like I don't use tools that's not that's not what I'm trying to convey here at all it's just those things don't work for me and so I found this inherent way to do to to be a quote-unquote practicing witch except I'm not a practicing witch these days um now you're basically kind of like the witch equivalent of a catholic who only goes to mass at christmas um Maybe I don't even <laughs> do circle. Like, I think the last time I did circle was for Sawin, like three years ago. I but like my spiritual practice has evolved in such a way that like I don't feel the need to just I like I don't need the ritual aspect to be connected to my inherent divinity essentially so like I feel like it's almost like a walking daily thing for me and I don't need to have these big moments so but that's me right and it but I feel so weird about it because like there's there's this element of like you have to be showy and you have to like prove your work and be loud about like oh it's a full moon I'm holding this ritual and blah 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 it's like for me it's just an ongoing evolution at every fucking single moment of my day I'm in touch with my intuition etc etc and I'm really I feel like I'm I'm a walking spiritual practice and I don't need the ritual for myself but I feel pressure to put that kind of shit out there if that makes sense yeah yeah like you you put it perfectly like you feel like you still have to show your work and Mm -hmm. And that kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier with mental health days and yes. so much of what there's so much happening that you can't see or quantify or even really qualify to other people mm-hmm. because it's all happening in here. Like, yeah, our bodies really are the tip of the iceberg when it comes to to what's mm-hmm. going on there. And 
and there's this pressure to find a way to really externally validate or manifest whatever is going on inside. Right, right. And I think this was a problem that I had with a former friend of ours who eventually we, there was an episode where we kind of mentioned him in passing and eventually we're going to get into the nitty gritty of like in our twenties, we, we had some traumatic shit happen. Um, but this particular person was, we, we had a little group of folks that we worked together spiritually. And this person sort of gathered us all up together and he ran the narrative and he and I were always kind of at odds because I was always doing stuff and like moving through things. And he was like, here's these methods. You need to fucking follow these methods. Otherwise you're not, you're, you're not doing anything. You're not progressing spiritually. You're not doing the work. And so he'd he'd hand us a list. I remember you went fucking apoplectic the first time he handed you a list of like what he expected us all to be doing. <laughs> and well, he also like really baited and switched with that because he yeah. gave us the impression that we were invited to a party. And then he hands us an agenda with like all of this spiritual shit that he's like, over the next seven to ten months, I expect you to master all of this. And it included shit like astral projection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we had that spoon bending party, which you didn't attend, but like that was I also on his list. What? You no fucking way. Oh yeah. man, I'm sorry, Donna. That makes me so mad. <laughs> I just thought that you, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> mm, the, add that to the pile of like shit that I have to come to terms with <laughs> over that decade. Okay. Oh man, um, that guy was a, that guy. Oh, we just have a podcast. Dedicated it, to just being like, what, how did we, we put up with a lot of shit from him and there's reasons we did, but it. Oh <clears> yeah. <throat> like. Again, you put up with dumb shit in your early 20s because you don't know any better. Yeah. And especially when you like especially when you are raised to always accommodate. Yes, absolutely. And like if there is one I don't want to use the silver the, the word silver lining here because I don't think that that's I don't want to give him that much credit. Um if there but, is a valuable lesson that you had to learn yourself. It's, I even don't even want to give him that much credit. It's like, if there is something in this situation that I can be grateful for, it is that under understanding the dynamic that played out with him mm, encouraged me to start learning about narcissism. And it then encouraged it, then that sort of cascaded understanding where narcissism, and I don't want to like, I'm not diagnosing him, but there's certainly narcissistic traits. Um, understanding that allowed me to see where that was alive and well in my upbringing and how I was groomed not only to accept that treatment but to welcome it so he gave me that ability to learn about where this dynamic was and why it was so fucking detrimental but I'm still unpacking the trauma that was from that period of time but going back to what I was saying is like that fucking guy would be like, okay, I've decided that the way I'm measuring my own spiritual progress and therefore everyone I'm working with is that 
I'm going to use the Hermetica. So he'd be like, we're studying the Hermetica and you have to follow these steps. You got excluded from that because there were mind games all the time. Um, <laughs> and so you didn't get I've learned anything. Me being a petulant shitlord really helped me avoid a lot of uh, trauma related to this guy in our 20s. <laughs> uh, and I, mm, mm, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, there was a period of time where he's like, we're going to be studying the Hermetica. And he did sit down and go through the group and was like, mm, these are the people that I don't think are ready to take on the Hermetica. And Jacqueline, I'm not so sure if you will have the dedication. Um, so I I was allowed to partake, but with a warning, essentially. And again, yes, as you're listening to this, it's probably a sparking rage in your heart and as well it should. But we were, I was groomed to accept behavior like this. Um, so oh, I, yeah, I needed someone to tell me whether or not I was worthy. And he was often telling me that I wasn't quite making it. Um, and during this period, probably right after the Hermetica bullshit, uh, I started to have some really profound personal experiences um, of like, I don't want to use the word channeling, but uh, like I'd have, I had some really fucking profound, ineffable spiritual experiences that have really, really shaped my own approach. But I, because of the nature of these experiences, and they're so deeply personal, I can't show my work. I can't explain how and where I've come to and what was going on fully at the time. Like I, there was a lot of like ability to switch into a non-identification state, but this person and I had this conversation very close to the end of me stopping to speak, stopping speaking to him. And he was mad that the rest of us weren't following suit. And he was about to leave the country because he has to go find people who are willing to go the extra mile spiritually so that he can continue his research. So if he can come up with these methods to um, bring people into enlightenment by like 10 steps or whatever, he's got to figure out how many steps it's going to take to propel someone into enlightenment and whenever you hear there are 10 or x a number amount of steps to allow you to get to an enlightened state or something like that you should your red flag should go up i was honestly just, if it was that easy wouldn't we all be enlightened right like, and like this, this is my thing whenever someone's like here's a prescriptive method to happiness to wealth to blah 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 i'm like if that were true we all would have done it Exactly. If that were true, why would you be here selling it to me? Because you'd be off doing that thing. Like, I'm not, well, no. I am, I am stupid, but like, <laughs> I can at least spot a grifter. <laughs> Certainly. I couldn't at the time because I wanted so badly. Uh, I, yeah, I needed an, I needed an authority figure to tell me that I wasn't worthy is what it boils down to. Um, but <laughs> He he was always he was doing his research because he needed to find these methods. He's so sure that he's going to be the guy that cures the goddamn world. And if you want to talk about illusions, delusions of grandiose grandiosity, that's it right there. So he's like he's throwing shade at me while we're standing outside of this restaurant and two of our other friends are already inside. And he's just like, I have to leave 
the country because the people here aren't willing to go that extra like they're not willing to go as deep as I want to go and I was like bitch what have I just been telling you about like my fucking in-depth experiences but because I shouldn't couldn't show my work to him he was like Jacqueline's experiences are not valid and like that's also a narcissistic thing um but I know that now (laughs) but and that's what I was dealing with all the time growing up is like because I couldn't show my work about like even pain that I was experiencing um my experiences and my emotions were not valid and our friend played directly into that fucking bullshit. Um, fortunately, I was starting to really see through it at the time that we had this conversation. But it's just my hesitance about being a practitioner was happening at that time as well. Like it was during the period of like me trying to find my feet of like, how, how do I show up? on social media how do I market myself how can I be true to myself with also like being able to be like okay I do a bunch of spiritual shit and I still haven't found that balance and I'm still a little bit resentful that there's a script that I'm supposedly supposed to follow to be acceptable there's this element of like trying to be palatable so it'll get shared by certain parties and I hate that that's a thing in my head but yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm also, I'm sorry that I'm blinding you. Um, oh, it's fine. <laughs> there's, you get to see cat butt. My cat I do. is up on the my headboard looking out the window and he has just decided to make me into the X-Files alien. Just a silhouette blinding Jacqueline. We do what we got to do to keep the cats happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> my cat's paws are closed at the moment. <laughs> Thank God for that. I don't want anyone to have to go through what I like. You don't, you don't, you, you seeing a cat's tendon (laughs) through a wound is not something that I wish upon anyone ever. It's not, it's not a pleasant experience. It's a little bit terrifying, especially if you're not used to like, if you're, if you're the vet, whatever, she's just like, yeah, you can see the tendon because that's how she is. (laughs) Um, but yeah, fuck that former friend of ours. We have lots of stories and (laughs) we all, this is why we need a series of podcasts because we can't talk about it all in one because that would just be way too traumatic. (laughs) Yep. And I think, I think stories about this are just going to like naturally fall out in accordance to like things that we're talking about like this was relevant to like internet persona and how you have to show your work even though sometimes your work is deeply ineffable like how do you quantify and qualify your experience you can't and so to have a party come in and be like but you're not valid because you can't show me the math on paper is just it makes me very angry but it also fortifies me in what I do because I feel like I do provide a space that encourages folks to like be who they fucking are. And I think because I have come up against so much resistance to who I am in whatever form and just not being believed about who I am and not being seen, not being seen is a huge thing for me. Um, Because of that, I want, to see and validate everybody who 
comes to me or like everybody in my life. I, I want to create a space that where folks feel fucking validated because I know I think what it's that's like. a very admirable goal. Yeah. It's, I know what it's like on the other side of that. And it is not a pleasant thing. It fucking hurts. So TLDR, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I w- podcast, our podcast audience is growing. Hello, everyone who's listening. Um, I was looking at the stats and this we're recording our fourth episode. The third episode is about to drop. But so for the first two episodes, the stats uh, tell me that most of the people already know us, which is totally fine. It's like know us personally. Um, so friends of yours, um, friends from high school. Um, and then like there's a small listenership that know me from what's in my back, which is fucking cool. And so hi, guys. Thank you for following me into whatever endeavors I do. Um, but I would just like to say this because I promised her. <laughs> my husband when we first launched the first episode, this one person listened to it first. And he's like, you have hit your target demographic. It was for Maria. You just do these podcasts for Maria. That's it. It's Maria. And Maria, you, you've you succeeded because Maria's happy. So hi, Maria. Hi, Maria. <laughs> the, the other person, uh, my friend Crystal mentioned yesterday, she's like, I really enjoy it because it's like, I'm in a room with you two and I don't have to say anything. <laughs> it's amazing. Hi, Crystal. <laughs> uh, it's so. Do you remember in our early twenties, our friends used to say to us, like our our specifically our stoner friends would be like, "God, you guys are so fucking entertaining." I just want to be high and listen to the two of you. I feel like we are finally living that yeah. <laughs> on a public scale. <laughs> personally from my perspective uh I don't think I could handle us if I was high because I would want to be left alone (laughs) that's fair because getting high is a very individual experience I go to some really in-depth almost like spiritual places when I'm high like cannabis fucks my brain so hard I can't pay attention to things I just want to be like do you know about the universe (laughs) which is just yeah it's a lot (laughs) so the thing is it's like obviously before weed was legal in canada we didn't know where to buy it we're not cool people Uh, so we did we were not high in our early 20s like well and honestly (laughs) i in my early 20s like i was so my mother made me so petrified of ever doing anything illegal that like i would not have touched pot for the life of me in my teens to early 20s like it was like an absolute no-go for me yeah and then like my mom wanted me to buy weed (laughs) I remember that yeah she'd be like do you know where to buy weed and I'd be like have you met me (laughs) I remember we were sitting at the kitchen table once she asked us we were like who do you think we are (laughs) (laughs) and then like after that I started working in environment and you get drug tested when you go to sites so oh yeah yeah well, like you have to have a, your drug and alcohol test card, and it depends. Like one of the, like the clients that I mainly worked with, you had to have one in the last thirty days. So you just can't do like you're not going to be smoking weed because you can never yeah. guarantee like in the next thirty days that you're not going to test positive. For sure, I haven't looked at the science of this in depth, but I know that like 
doesn't the cannabinoids like grow out into your fingernails like in your hair like it ends up like processed that way i know a lot of drugs grow into your hair because you'll again like you'll read about this occasionally it pops up on true crime stories usually in florida when they are closing in on a person so they like shave every piece of hair off their body damn i don't listen to i don't true crime and so whoa damn i i i wouldn't be surprised like i've heard that before not that specific shaving thing but specifically that like it grows out into your hair um so yeah like i don't i don't know and i don't know anything about how we test for cannabis and but i know that like even if you did it two weeks ago it could still show up yeah it stays in your body quite a while i know when when we became legal it was we we sent out like a bunch of guidelines for people because obviously now you can't really control for what people do in their spare time absolutely but um it was recommended if 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 you cannot do weed don't do it (laughs) well and I understand why, especially if you're getting drug tests, right? Yeah. Well, and especially because and I, I know that was a big issue when we became a regulated drug in Canada. If you can, There's not really like a rapid test, so you, you can't tell if someone's really under the influence. Like you can yep. tell usually, but you well, can, there's no like quantitative way to yeah. test. Yeah, you don't know if it's like you're picking up on this because they did it five days ago and they're not like actively high anymore because they processed out like the parts that make them cognitively function incorrectly. That was a very weird way to say that. <laughs> but, but yeah, you don't know if like it's, it's fresh or not aside from like there, there would be telling signs as to whether or not they were tripping balls. Yeah. So I don't know if, if there's any stoners out there listening are we considered soothing, fun, weed time? <laughs> I don't know that it's soothing. I think it was because we were like just the like the weird, funny shit that we'd like end up just rolling with was the entertaining part for our stoner friends back in yeah. our early 20s and high school. Like that was just kind of the appeal was the absolute absurd shit that we'd roll with. But and I feel like we do, we're in our 30s, we are much more balanced and we're not constantly rolling in the absurd shit, but we do. Like, it's not like we don't. <laughs> and thank God for that. But we're also talking about serious shit. Like last last week, we talked about the Duggars. Like, we're, you know, it's, we're, we're well-rounded human beings is I think what I'm trying to say. Are we? Yes. Donna, we are well-rounded human beings in our thirties. Sure. Why not? (laughs) I I feel like, and I I think this happens to a lot of people as you get older, you just start to realize so much more stuff you don't know. And then you Hmm. stop giving a shit. So I was talking to my husband yesterday and I was like, you know what we really should do is we should get matching Birkenstocks. And are you fucking kidding me? What? Did you say that in all seriousness? Who are you? What? Yeah. <laughs> Donna. And, and I was just like, they'll be so comfy all summer. 
the matching it's like let's match together we'll coordinate it i don't know if daryl wants this he probably doesn't (laughs) and and i'm definitely as i get older i'm starting to dress like an old person from an exercise video in the 80s and i'm realizing (laughs) that like they 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 had their shit together they they knew that comfort was the only way that's amazing It is okay. Is this just that you like you don't want to feel like the odd man out with the Birkenstocks, so you're trying to rope Daryl into it? No, I'm actually obsessed with Birkenstocks. Okay, but why do you want to get matching Birkenstocks? Well, Daryl says we're too young for this, but <laughs> I, I think it's just a thing that happens as a couple. Young is a state of mind. <laughs> I was also pitching that we get matching hats because he has those like floppy hats that, you know, kind of make him look like, I don't know, like he's going to canoe the Nahani Valley or something. Okay. When you say floppy hats, are you talking, you're not, you would have said bucket hat if it was a bucket hat, right? It's not a bucket hat. It's like, it's not a tilby, but similar. I don't even know what a tilby is. Can you describe the structure of this to me? It's not a fedora. (laughs) Not a fedora. <laughs> I can't imagine Daryl in a fedora, actually. I can't imagine a lot of people in a fedora. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm looking at trilbies on the internet right now. Oh, All right. Do they exist? I didn't just make up that one. You didn't. And you know, one of the um recommended searches was Trilby versus Fedora. So like they're similar, but they're not the same. Yeah, and this is something, it has like a chin strap, so you can okay, secure that's it to not your this. head. Okay, there's one that comes up that says Adventure Hat. They kind of look like, is it, are they sort of Indiana Jonesy? Yeah, or like Crocodile Dundee. Yes, okay, all right, I'm on the same page now. But he's got like a, a chin strap, you say. Yeah, like he doesn't use it, but you can okay, thank use God. it. <laughs> Who needs a chin strap? Unless you're out in the jungle or you're a five-year-old at the stampede with a cowboy hat that has a chin strap. <laughs> so you don't lose it. <laughs> I don't know why you're using uh, a chin strap. I feel like a lot of like Buckingham Palace, they have chin straps. Oh, with like the tall military. Okay, but that's like military guard hats. And so when it's, there's a use for that. You can't have your tall ass hat fall off when you're <laughs> doing your guard duties and like that's structurally that could tip over I would think if it wasn't secured on so yes in that <laughs> I can see why that would have that has a pass that has a function yeah, the chin strap comes in in handy if it's windy um if you're biking like okay yeah biking biking I just think as a general civilian just walking around with this hat on the, the chin strap feels excessive i mean i have a new goal is it to wear a chin strap on your hat yeah and you can also like you it's useful if you need to take the hat off and you can just wear your hat on your back because the chin strap is around your neck see okay this is what i would just expect from someone who is older so <laughs> maybe you're not too you're not too young for birkenstocks donna no shade it's just this an older person is probably the scenario where i've seen that happen and so okay 
<laughs> yeah, you're aging, I think and this my, is where you're aging towards. My new goal in life is to be like that elderly couple you see at garden stores wearing, you know, kind of like matching hats and cargo pants. Is Daryl a willing participant in this? Probably not. <laughs> Why do you want this? Seems comfy. Fair. And you know what? Garden stores are magical. Especially when you go through like their lawn ornament section. Like I love going to Golden Acres just to look at the fucking insane shit in the, the garden decoration section. Like yeah. it's a fun time. Like frogs doing yoga, cats and hats, and like just absurd shit. Absurd shit. And gnomes in biker outfits. Like, please give <laughs> me all the gnomes in biker outfits. I had to, like, I did garden for a few years where we are. It's difficult because we are north facing and don't get a ton of sunlight. Mm. We're in a wind tunnel. And then, like, some terrorist in this community keeps leaving out whole peanuts for the squirrels. And so there's just, (laughs) like, this army of squirrels just trotting up and down our back alley, running down the power lines. I grew raspberries for two years. I had one raspberry, and the squirrels got the rest. Bitches. Yeah. I didn't realize you were growing raspberries. I knew you were growing the tomatoes and yeah. like a bunch of herbs, but I didn't realize raspberries. Cool. Oh, yeah. I love growing raspberries because you cannot kill them. Yeah. I'm like, sorry that the squirrels stole them, though. Yeah. I think finally this, the raspberries did freeze the winter that we had that negative 40 cold snap because I Fair. just you know, wrapped the pots up and left them on the balcony for the winter and they mm. finally, finally died. <laughs> and you're like, well, I could get another raspberry bush or not. No, because then there's more squirrels and they're like those awful squirrels that are invasive in Calgary. Yep. I mean, we've got a shit ton of squirrels here. They chase each other along the back fence line. There's one that last spring I was terrified of like he kept like just standing on the ledge of the fence going like and like flexing his little squirrel body and like his tiny little squirrel arms and I was like is he gonna try to attack me like, the freaky the most- ripped squirrels yeah he's like this miserable little fucker that just like would yell at anybody who came near him and I was out there and he was like I was like, okay, I'm going to die. I have to go back in the house. We don't have a screen on the basement bedroom. And so, like, I couldn't even close a screen. I had to just, like, get the fuck in the house. <laughs> because otherwise, so, he was going to come for me in my house. Yeah. And, and so we get, and I haven't seen it yet this year, but I'm sure he will come to us. There's this, like, jack squirrel that goes up the, the column, like, the column on our balcony and we'll just stare at the cats and it, it like flexes its ah. little muscles ah. clinging to the side of the, the column this sounds like this guy i'm sure it's not the same one but like there's more of these steroid squirrels yeah what the fuck they're terrifying yeah like there's a squirrel couple that chase each other and then you know get it on that I Paul's like, oh look, they love each other. It's always that same pair. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know that I feel as enthused by this as you do. <laughs> but he appreciates them. But like it's yeah, it's the murder squirrel that I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Oh for me it's like, the way it clings to the column. Like that's just the unsettling part. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Like, I, like, look at how strong I am. I could fuck <laughs> you up if you came near me, cat. Ugh. Dislike. There's also, we have a shit ton of magpies along our fence line. There's a tree. There's a couple trees that they kind of hang out in. So there's this neighborhood cat. You've met him. You love him. He's this orange little fucker who lives like the house beside us. His name is Monkey. He will, he used to come on the fence line behind us and he'd come up into our balcony and just sit on our balcony and be like, I own your house, bitch. And my cats used to sit at the door at the screen being like, why is this orange motherfucker here? I don't understand. He wouldn't even, he wouldn't even hiss at them. He'd like make eye contact and then just roll back and be like, I'm on your patio. I love him. He's friends with the dog. They'll, he'll walk with us to the park. And like he rubbed on the dog and they play, they chase each other at the park. It's so sweet. Monkey's the best. He won't come to our back fence line now because the magpies are so mean to him. They hate him. They've chased him away. Like you can tell if there's a cat on the fence because the magpie alarm goes off and they start screaming and swooping at cats on the fence. They're vicious to the cats. I feel so bad for them. Like, sometimes I'll go outside and I'll hold Athena so that she gets a taste of the outdoors, but she can't she can't be a wild cat like she'd like to be. And they'll yell at us. And I'm like, I have to bring my cat inside because the magpies will murder us. And they don't forget faces. So they probably won't forget my cat either. Do magpies not forget faces? I thought that was crows. I think magpies, I you know what? I can't say with 100% certainty. I thought that they were in that same class of birds that are like smart as fuck. They do like tormenting my cats because we've got a big tree just kind of next to the building and they can see it from the office window. And those magpies will like when they see back there, they definitely sass him. What the hell? Why are they like this? Like little assholes. Like, I mean, like likes magpies. I don't dislike them. I just miss the cats because there's another cat that would walk along the fence line too. I just love seeing my neighborhood cat friends. Uh, my cats are not ever going to be outdoor cats because I have a thing about that. But like, I'm not. I don't make these choices for other people's cats, and so I can appreciate that other people let their cats wander. And I love Monkey, and I love that we have a social bond. And that him and my dog are best friends. And I want him to come and sass my cats because I think it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> He's just like, I live here now. Sometimes he'll come up to the front door too and be like, let me in your house. He yelled to be let in our house. I'm like, I can't let you in here, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's such, such a precocious little fucker. I love him so much. We... Again, like we're in a denser neighborhood, so there's not a lot of outdoor animals here. Mm. There are a ton of people who take their cats out on leashes, though. Yes, I'm seeing that a lot more lately. Um, the little park behind our house, we've seen a couple different cats out there on leashes when we've taken the dog. Um, I do have a harness and leash for Athena. We have taken her out before. She's starting to get a little bit better in some areas. If we've taken her to a place, a couple times she's a lot cooler about it but she just wants to hide she wants to go and hunt and hide and, and crouch under spaces so she doesn't like just walking out in the open like she wants to be outside she wants this so badly so that's why i take her out on a leash 
but like out in the open she's like no this isn't the desirable outside experience i want uh do they make the backpacks big enough for cats of athena size (laughs) paul won't ever let me get one of those space backpacks because i've floated it we have friends who have one of them and they use it because they also bike a lot so they can put the cat into it and take her on the bike ah i love it yeah and it's good for her because then when they are out she has a a safe place to just hide out yeah i like that i mean i don't think i can convince my husband but i love those things i think Athena's got athena is a very big cat she's she's gained a lot more since we had to switch indra's food and I don't think this food is very healthy for her. So I'm really, I'm concerned about that. Um, but uh, I don't know if I've never really done a lot of research into the space backpacks. And when I say space, these are the, we're talking about the ones that have like the little bubble, right? That looks yeah. like, yeah, like a yeah, little porthole to look out of. I, I think theirs has an internal leash as well. So cool. I think you can attach the leash and then they, they can kind of have a, a radius around the backpack that they can explore in. I sort of love everything about this. <laughs> I, I haven't done research on sizes. I might look into it. I don't think I can convince Paul, but I, I, I that love that this exists. <laughs> Athena's like, you know, a big ass cat, like probably yeah, 18 pounds of cat. I have no idea. I haven't weighed her in the most recent times. Because mine, Odin's 15 pounds, and he's a little brick shithouse, but he's not as big as Athena. No, so Athena's bigger. Yeah, she's probably about 18. She's a big cat. I love her, though. She's magnificent. She's like... Indra is my lemon cat, but Athena... Man, why am I doing this? Why am I talking about this? This is such a dumb thing to say publicly, but Athena's like the quintessential cat. And I think about this a lot. She's just like the perfect specimen of cat. She's got that precociousness that I love in monkey. Um, she's like, she's she's just like, she loves you, but she doesn't need to like get your attention all the time. But like, she still wants to interact with you. She's so smart. She's so fucking smart. The time that I fell in love with her was she was, I was living with my roommates. She was their cat at the time. And Paul and I were dating and everyone was out of the house for a weekend. And I had just come back to like, make sure everybody had food. And she was so lonely and needed interaction with humans that she stuck out her paw as I was leaving and caught my leg and just leaned her head into my, my leg. And I was like, Jesus Christ, who are you? Why are you doing this to me? This is so manipulative. I'm going to fall in love with you. And I did. (laughs) But she's just, there's just, she's like, she is like everything that I would expect of a cat. It's just, I, I can't even like verbalize it. I can't believe I'm doing this rant because I'm saying nothing. Well, just like, oh, yeah, just say how much you love your cat. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, she's a great cat. She breaks my brain sometimes. I'm like, oh, how do you exist? I love you so much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Quintessential. All of the elements of a cat that are just perfection or Athena. Uh, <clears throat> Indra, I love him. He just doesn't have that same like cat personality about him. I can't I, like I can't even define it. It's just I'm going to stop talking about this. It's ridiculous. 
<laughs> but I could rant about it for like eons, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think that we have a full episode. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> All right. Um, Donna sort of did the intro. So I guess I will do the outro. Thanks for listening to us talk about adulting and ranting and whatever the fuck this was. Um, you should visit DonnaJacklinPocket.com for the show notes. And you can click on links that send you to articles that we may or may not have talked that we talked about. It's articles, show notes specifically for each episode. I don't think I have articles for this one but maybe i will there's just gonna be like nice little bonus material and show notes for every episode so if we say something that you want to learn more about you can look at our fucking website and then if it's not there just message me and be like jacqueline you failed me wow okay um thanks for coming out everyone (laughs) this is donna this is Jacqueline. We will see you next week for Donna and Jacqueline Take Adulting. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I feel like at this point, you better put a, put a picture of your cat. Show I can do that. I can do that. <laughs>